in this edition of the podcast, Rural Utopias at the Art Gallery of Western Australia. The exhibition features new works from 10 artists from across Australia, developed over a series of residencies in rural and remote Western Australia, in dialogue with selected objects from the Art Gallery's $361 million state art collection. Curator Miranda Johnson talks about the artists, the collection, and about the changing form of the exhibition over the years of preparation and creation. I'm Tim Stackpole, and this is Inside the Gallery. Hello, and thanks for taking a listen to the podcast once again as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and downloaded, and we acknowledge their elders, past, present, and emerging. And of course, you can read a transcript of this edition via the link at this episode's description at www.insidethegallery.com.au. And that's thanks to the contribution made by the Australian Arts Channel, which is available to view for free at www.australianartschannel.com.au. In collaboration with their host communities, 10 artists lived and worked within their regional residency locations, responding to the overarching curatorial theme of rural utopias to deliver context-responsive and socially engaging art on display at the Art Gallery of Western Australia, otherwise known as AGWA. The artists in rural utopias dedicated themselves to working within a different environment, connecting with regional communities to challenge themselves and push their practices to new horizons. What has emerged from these residencies are deeply considered collaborative projects that engage with local contexts, champion regional creativity and, through engagement with the State Art Collection, consider the relevance and reach of this collection to regional Western Australians. The residencies and exhibition is facilitated by SPACED, a recurring program of socially engaged and context-responsive art that reaches communities across Western Australia and beyond. Their artist-in-residency programs aim to foster productive interactions between contemporary artists and communities, as well as provide opportunities for meaningful exchange and collaboration. For rural utopias, communities also engaged local project facilitators to support the visiting artists. Spaced Rural Utopia's curator is Miranda Johnson, and she joins us on the phone from Perth, Miranda, thanks for joining us on Inside the Gallery. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm not really sure how to describe this. It's kind of like a collaboration between the Art Gallery of Western Australia and Spaced. How does that work? It is absolutely a collaboration. So Spaced has been running for 25 years and residencies is really what we do. So we partner with institutions for many of our projects. So Spaced manages all of the residencies and then the institution presents the outcomes in an exhibition. So it's a really good way to kind of showcase the experiences of the residencies to a wider audience, but it also ensures that, you know, Spaced manages that first presentation of the work in the community where it was created. Mm. 
the residencies are quite long and they require a lot of community support. So Spaced has a lot of relationships with regional host organisations. So they support the artist on the ground. I was kind of the like go-between between between Spaced and Agua. So I work for Spaced, but I was based at Agua. So I worked really closely with Sula Veiradia and Marco Marcon, um, who are the program manager and artistic director at Spaced. So I liaised with them, kept in touch with the artists, but then also worked with the Agua team to think about, you know, how to present the works at Agua and what collection artworks the artists wanted to work with. And in that sense, was there a common foundation just to give us a sense of how all of this came together? So that's a tricky one because I think in many ways, like I think of each artist project as a mini solo exhibition right. because that's really what it was when they initially presented it to the community. And, mm. you know, it's context responsive art is what the brief that is given to the artists. Mm. So each residency is really specific to the context and the community and the artwork is so, yeah, specific. So how we framed it, we sort of framed it as a collection of rich and varied stories from communities across WA and a way for audiences to learn more about their lives and their unique perspectives. So it's a way for, you know, all of those really specific stories to come together. I think that when people walk through the exhibition, you know, they'll see common themes that definitely arise. You know, there's very specific like rural interests like climate change, farming practices, the importance of Aboriginal culture and knowledge, mining and resources. And also the feeling of being an outsider in a new place. So that's a lot of the kind of common threads. How did the collaboration come about? Did you propose it to the gallery or did the gallery come to you? I just want to understand the mechanics of that. So the project was proposed by Spaced. That's the core of what we do as an organisation. So we run these Mm -hmm. socially engaged, context-responsive residencies in regional WA. Um, Each one has a different theme or focus. And then we will partner with Perth-based institutions who host the exhibition outcome. So this is the fourth cycle of residencies that Spaced has run. And before that, we ran a number of other residency-based projects out of our gallery in Calabaran in WA. And we've worked with Agua before. So this is before my time, but in 2018, we presented a residency project, an exhibition called North by Southwest, um, which was a residency exchange between regional WA and the Nordic countries. Mm. And so we kind of had that relationship with Agua already. So we pitched it to them again in the hopes we could work together. I think it was also an attractive project to Agua because it gives the state art collection and the gallery a presence in the regions during the residencies. I may be a little bit naive, but is this a unique relationship that you have with the gallery? I think Spaced is a pretty unique project. Mm. It's one of the only kind of residency-based organisations of its kind that I know of. I mean, I haven't worked for Space for very long, but yeah, and whenever I talk about it to other people, they're like, oh, wow, like I've heard of Spaced. What you guys are doing is really interesting. Mm. So I think it is quite unique in that way. You have common goals, but come from different unique perspectives, I guess. Was there a, a dovetailing of roles between you both? Do you complement each other? Yeah, totally. Like constantly. <laughs> I mean, Agua has been really supportive of the project and that's been really great. But I think, you know, the way that space runs is very, like, we're a very small, quite a nimble organisation. Mm. There's only a handful of staff members. Mm. Um, and I think that's why we're so well placed to be able to run these residencies where, you know, there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of connection with regional mm. organisations. A lot, a lot of things happen really quickly. Um, and I think that's quite different to the pace mm. at which a larger state institution runs and how it has to run. You know, there's a huge staff, they've got a lot of work to do, there's a lot of collection management on top of exhibitions. So it actually worked really well Mm. in that way because we were able to deliver the residencies in a way that Aqua doesn't really have the resources to do. But what they do have the resources for is, you know, supporting exhibition outcomes. And so that's been a really great benefit for us. So I have to ask you, do you think they're happy with the work you've done? I think so, yeah. I think it took a lot of work 
I guess, kind of explaining what it is and not just to Agua, to anyone, because, you know, as you've said, it's a very unique sort of relationship and a unique organisation. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of talking about the exhibition and I think, you know, the works were still being made up until quite recently. So it was kind of hard to communicate what was happening, communicate yeah, yeah. what it was when, you know, you actually still don't really know what it's going to look like in the end. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been a lot of, sort of explaining, a lot of questions, which has been really great. Agua is a state institution. You come in from an outside organisation, that being spaced. But from your perspective, when it comes to your career, was this the type of work you expected to do? That's a great question. Um, I've been aware of Spaced for many years and I've always really admired the work that they do. Um, So for that reason, I was really excited to be approached about this. Um, And I should also mention as well, like I came on board as curator sort of halfway through this project. So, you know, I want to acknowledge the work of Dunya Romandic, who was the curator at Agua, who did a lot of the groundwork for this exhibition. So she was really supportive and, you know, in kind of passing the project on to me, I was extremely grateful to her for that. And yeah, it is, it's very different work to what I've done before, but it's also not in, in many ways. Like I, I've never worked with a collection before, so it was a great opportunity for me to expand my skills in that area. But I think in terms of working with quite a small organisation, commissioning new works, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. That's something that I'm quite accustomed to. So I came from, I was on the board of an artist-run space called Cool Change for many years. And so that was a lot of kind of quick, responsive kind of turnaround, you know, everyone just throws in and gets the work done kind of um, situation there. And then I also, my other job, I work at Pika, Perth Institute of Contemporary Arts, which is, again, you know, we don't have a collection. We're commissioning a lot of new work. Um, and I just completed a three-year curatorial fellowship with Pika. So I feel like I was quite well-placed to then come into this. A very fresh approach and a perspective that you can bring to it. The other great thing about it, I think, is it demonstrates how as a curator, you don't necessarily just have to aim to be working at a at an institution of substance. There's so many other opportunities. Oh, yeah, totally. It's been such a great opportunity to really expand my skills and think outside the box. And I feel like I kind of got the best of both worlds in a lot of ways because I learned a lot from working at, a, at Agua at a state institution, but then I'm also not necessarily tied to that way of working. I think sometimes people say, you know, if you've worked at a state run institution, a state-run gallery, you can pretty much work anywhere after that, after that experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, let's go back to this exhibition. Is there, you talked about the various stories that the various artists can bring, but is there, is there a foundation story that you're trying or needing to tell here? I mean, I think in a, on a very basic level, it's the stories of regional and remote WA as like a base level story. But I think there's so many other stories within that, like what happens when artists are immersed in different contexts to their own and they're asked to make work responsive to that context. Um, and then there's the added element of, you know, how is the state art collection considered, thought of or relevant to the lives of regional West Australians? And a lot of artists, you know, they really latched on to that idea and that came through in their work. So, you know, how can this collection, which lives in Perth but is owned by the people of WA, be more accessible to regional areas? So, you know, there's a lot of little stories within a broader story, I think. And how well do you think you've told those stories? I think it can be really challenging for the artists to capture all of the richness of their residency experience and the lives that they were living in these communities in one sort of exhibition outcome. And in many ways, I think that's one of the fundamental challenges of what space does, which is, you know, sending artists on these, you know, once in a lifetime experiences, really, and then being like, okay, now make an artwork about it. And a lot of the artists are like, I, you know, it's too much, like I can't possibly capture it all, which I think is really fair. So I think, you know, 
in, in some ways, this is a really great snapshot of all of those residencies and tells a lot of stories. But in, a, in other ways, I think that the residency experiences are ones that artists will be reflecting on and carrying with them for much longer than just this exhibition period. And that's kind of outside of what the visitor to the exhibition probably feels. But I just wonder, did you have trouble with an eclectic nature of this coming together? Oh, totally. I mean, there's so many moving parts. You know, each work is very specific to the context, you know, which I talked about a bit before. But then there's also the added challenge of working with the collection and each artist, you know, choosing a work from the collection in conversation with me, but then that's very specific to their practice or their experience. And so then you've got this sort of selection of works from the collection that doesn't really have a relationship with each other either. So from a curatorial perspective, that was extremely challenging. How long did you spend on this project? I, a really long time. I've actually lost track of time. <laughs> Let me think about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I should also mention that it was delayed multiple times for various different reasons. So okay. um, Rural Utopias, the residencies actually began in 2019. And then obviously there was a long delay because of COVID. And then I came on board, it would have been the end of 2021. And it was originally going to be one five-person exhibition in uh, November 2022 and then a second exhibition in November 2023. And then there were some delays with the gallery as well. So it kind of ended being a, a 10 artist group show in November 2023. So it's kind of been quite a protracted experience for me, which has been great for a lot of reasons, including, you know, I have multiple jobs and so managing all of that has been helpful, sort of draw, draw, drawing it out a little bit. In saying that, and it has transformed basically from the original concept that I guess that you were presented with into something completely different. But going back to what you talked about with your background in other areas, do you think there's one specific point in your history where during putting this show together, did you think, boy, I'm so glad I suffered through perhaps a past experience because it prepared you in a way for any particular challenges with this project? I mean, I don't know if there's any one particular moment, but it's come up quite a lot that I've been like, God, I'm really glad that I've worked with um, a lot of artists who are, you know, a lot of the artists in rural utopias are mid-career, but my experience during my fellowship has been working with emerging artists. And I think my experience lends itself well to supporting artists throughout the duration of a project, particularly when there are challenges. You know, in this example, there's a lot of delays and a lot of challenges working with the gallery. Um, artists have been sort of making their work over a long period of time. And I think that my experience in supporting artists sort of from the beginning to the end of a project lends itself really well to a project where there's been a lot of kind of stopping and starting. Going back to the collection, though, who are the artists and what can we expect to see? So the artists are a combination of WA, interstate and one internationally based artist um, who's from Perth originally. Some are based in regional areas and others in metropolitan areas, which I think is really important because it doesn't sort of lean into this dichotomy of like sending an artist from the city to live in the country. It's not that simple. So the artists are Jackie Cheng, who's a Broome-based artist, Alana Hunt, uh, who until recently was based in Kununurra in WA, Georgie Mattingly, who's based in Alice Springs, Nathan Gray, who's from WA originally but lives in Berlin, Tina Stefano and Anna Takia, who are both Melbourne-based, Bennett Miller, Elizabeth Pedler and Joe Derbyshire, who are all Perth-based, and Sarah Rodigari, who's Sydney-based. So in terms of what you can expect to see, you will see a very broad range of works. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of different ways in which artists have responded to the brief of rural utopias and to the state art collection. 
Some artists, um, so Joe Derbyshire and Jackie Cheng, have collaborated with local artists, Andrea Williams and Salvatore Caruso and Nigel Smith. So there's a lot of installations that really bring together multiple artists' works. Nathan Gray has also collaborated with his hosts, Julawali Art Centre and Nara Media up in Reburn, um, and they're re retelling Yinjibandi ghost stories. So I think in general, there's some humour, a lot of reflection and some really uplifting works that consider utopian values of sort of community building, giving and sharing. But then there's also other works that are very critical of this idea of utopia, because, you know, it's fundamentally quite a problematic idea when considering the history of colonisation on this continent. So there's been a lot of conversation about that as well. Every artist brings their own background to the stories as well and forms some really unique relationships um, with, you know, community members and local artists. So I think yeah, it is truly a collaboration between the community and the artist, and there's some very unique stories that come out of that. I mean, there's obviously common themes as well. Some artists will really lean into, like, you know, the farming aesthetic, but, you know, it's it's broader than that as well. And what about in terms of working with the gallery's current collection? Was that of advantage to you, or did you find having to use that restrictive? It was really challenging. In some ways, it was very restrictive, and in other ways, it was very extensive because, you know, the collection is huge. A lot of it is not digitised, so that's something that Agua is actively working to remedy. But I think the artists, particularly those who weren't from WA, they were only passing through Perth for a few days on their way to and from the residency location. So that wasn't really enough time to organise for them to view the works that they were interested in. Additionally, the exhibition was initially planned to tour regionally, and that really limited the works they could choose from the collection because most regional galleries don't have the right conditions to show state art collection works, which is kind of ironic when considering the fact that this is an exhibition about regional locations. And I think the artists felt quite overwhelmed with the scope of the collection and they didn't really know where to start. And this process of kind of whittling down the selection was very slow in comparison to the speed at which the artists were making their own works. This idea of having a really process-focused engagement with works from the collection that would influence the original works didn't really happen because the speed of the institution is very slow compared to the speed of an independent artist. But I think one of the positive things is that we, you know, the artist and I had a lot of really great conversations with Agua staff about these challenges and it's something that they're very aware of and they're very keen to increase access in the future. Yeah, I think that's a challenge for, for curators in general when the collection is so huge. What do you pick? And even yeah. more difficult is, is what do you leave out can be can be the biggest challenge, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think also like it was challenging from a curatorial perspective because the works that each artist chose to include, and that was very clear in the brief, it's not it's not me curating a collection response to the artist's works. It's the artists working with a curator to select an artwork that is meaningful to them. And so like in terms of the works that they chose, there wasn't really like a common, um, like a theme or a style or a time period. Um, so that was quite hard to sort of bring it all together into into one cohesive kind of narrative. And they're not curators either. No. <laughs> and the reasons that they chose the works that they did were all so different. So yeah, I've kind of just leaned into that. But I think, you know, we want to make it clear to audiences why each work is there and what its connection is with each artist's practice. So the way that we've decided to do that is to include um, like first person artist written statements about the collection work, like what they connected with, why it resonated with them. And that will hopefully give a bit more insight into this relationship between the collection works and the new commissions. There's no doubt it's resulted in a diverse and very dynamic presentation. Yeah, totally. It's very broad. And I think, again, that's why I do in many ways think about it as very little solo exhibitions 
because the connection is very strong, but it's different for each artist. And that's been really fascinating to, to watch and to discuss. You talk there about collaboration, but there's an incredible sense of isolation when you think about Western Australia as well. Do you think that creates works of art which are very unique to the state? That's a great question. I mean, it's hard to say because I've only ever worked in WA, I think. Um, I would love to hear from other curators who are working regionally in other states to get more of an idea. I think for me, there is a lot of isolation, but that also brings a lot of connection um, and the artists really lean into that. So I don't I don't get a sense of working in complete isolation from any of the works. Um, but what I do definitely get is the artists feeling sometimes very out of place in a different community and very aware of their difference to the people who live there. So maybe that's isolation. And I think the artists have a real sense of responsibility to tell stories in a way that doesn't just centre their own experiences. So like they can refer to the fact that they are aware that they're sort of politically or socially different to the other people in the community, but that doesn't mean that they're separate from them. There's a, there is a real sense of sitting with that uncomfortability. Did any of the works particularly surprise you? I don't know that I was surprised by any of it. I think some of the communities might have been a bit surprised by some of the work that was made. You know, for example, there was one artist who, when they presented their work in the community, they got a combination of feedback, the majority of which was really strong, but there were also some kind of negative comments from community members that they'd been working with. And I think that is kind of unavoidable with, uh, you know, when contemporary artists are working in regional areas where, you know, the audiences are different, the tastes are different, the expectations of what an artwork might look like can be different. And that's all kind of a part of working in a different context, really, is receiving different feedback on your work. So, yeah, I think sometimes there were a few sort of challenges like that. But, yeah, it, it didn't surprise me. <laughs> What's the nature of the work that you have hanging in the exhibition? Oh, it's so broad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a really incredible work that one of the artists, Tina Stefano, made in collaboration with the community of Karnama, which is a giant sheep fleece, which in her performance that she did in the residency, they they formed this sheep fleece um, to the shape of a tractor. And this tractor, so it's dressed as a sheep, is featured in the video that she makes. But about halfway through her residency, she said to me, do you think we can also show the sheep fleece? And I was like... Oh, <laughs> um, and, I, you know, one of the challenges is that a lot of the artists wanted to show work with organic materials in it, which from a conservation perspective is a challenge when you're also showing works from the state art collection. And so to sort of talk to the team at Aguar and say, oh, so you've got this, you know, giant heavy sheep fleece that's probably still got like some dags and some like bindies in it and it hasn't been cleaned. Can we show that in the gallery alongside these incredibly valuable artworks? But Agua have been really open to it and, you know, they have processes that we can go through to make sure the works are shown. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of organic materials. <laughs> there are quite a number of regional partners in this project, a lot of moving parts, if you like, perhaps beyond anything you've been educated for in the past. I mean, the spreadsheet, it must be huge. How did you kind of handle all that? Well, look, I mean, I have to say that Space Program Manager Suleve Radia did the bulk of the work. She was really the person who liaised with all of the regional communities and set up these partnerships, um, and she was just fabulous at it. So in the beginning, it was quite easy for me because Sula had done a lot of that groundwork and was really there actively managing those partnerships and could introduce me to the regional communities and the artists who were working there. Um, so she left the role at the beginning of the year, and then I took over those communications. 
But I think it was a little bit more manageable at that point because most of the artists had completed their residencies. So it was a smaller number of locations. And it was also just a massive perk of the job for me because, you know, I don't live regionally. I live in Perth. I was really excited to connect with these organisations and I got the opportunity to travel to a few of them as well and meet people and, you know, meet the local artists who are working there. And that was just fantastic. That was one of the highlights for me. The bulk of the work on the ground is done by these regional organisations and we were lucky that we got some funding to pay for an extra sort of producer to work with the artist. So it was just really great to be able to meet these people who are so wonderful to work with, who really just like were able to take the project and run with it. Each regional partner would have their own processes though. Did you have to perhaps be tolerant of those different processes? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a definite tolerance, but I think it's also about trust, you know, like trusting that these organisations have their own way of running things that work for their audience and their communities. And as long as you're communicating and you're sort of aware of what everyone's doing, then by and large, you know, Spaced is happy for the organisations to run their their own sort of presentation of the works in the way that suits them. Um, as long as we know what's happening, then, yeah, we're happy for people to run with it. We're talking pretty much half of Australia when we speak about Western Australia. Do you think those regional organisations serve their arts communities well from what you've seen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think they do a lot of hard work. And I think that they're they're really listening to their audiences and their communities. Um, and I think for me, it's been a fantastic learning opportunity as someone who works in the city to have a better understanding of the needs of regional artists and regional organisations who are doing so much work and really, you know, running it on not very much money and trying really hard to support their community. So, yeah, I think they're doing a fabulous job. Back talking about the exhibition Rural Utopias, how many pieces are in the exhibition? I mean, it's hard to say because a lot of the works are installations that have a lot of components, but, you know, if you count of them as, as one work, I mean, there's 10 artists and three other collaborators. I'd say there's probably around like 40 individual works in the exhibition. So then does the exhibition tell the story that you hoped it would? Is it restricted in any way or, or do you think you've actually nailed this? I think it tells this. I think it tells a story. I don't think it tells the complete story. You know, as we talked about before, there's just so much that you can't capture. But I am really happy with the way it's come together. And I think that it is like it's been kind of chaotic and there's been so many moving parts, as we've talked about, um, and so many different stories that I've kind of just leaned into the chaos. And I'm really happy with the outcome of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not a chaotic exhibition, though. It, it, it... <laughs> No, it won't be a chaotic exhibition. The process has been chaotic. I think the exhibition outcome hopefully won't show a lot of that chaos. <laughs> I mean, perhaps from your perspective, it's been a chaotic process, but really you've probably just managed the smorgasbord of the calendar changes and, and all that sort of thing very well, and you've come up with an excellent result. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I hope so. It's, yeah, when I say chaotic, I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. I think these projects have so many things going on often all at once and it's just been such a rich experience. Yeah, and, and lovely for all the artists and those who are involved. But in terms of the audience, what do you hope they leave with? I think it depends on who the audience is. And, you know, I'm very aware that the exhibition is being shown in a metropolitan context um, and it's about regional stories. So, yeah, I mean, I guess for metropolitan or like international tourist audiences, I hope they can leave with a deeper understanding or interest in regional and remote WA and the lives of the people that live there. But I think, you know, for regional audiences, I hope they can leave feeling seen and, you know, that their interests and lives are represented 
But I also hope, you know, all audiences can leave thinking about how residencies and context responsive art can challenge people, um, but it can also bring different perspectives together to sit alongside each other. I think of rural utopias and the kind of whole theme really as more of a provocation to artists and to audiences to think about what that might mean. I don't think about it. Yeah, I, I don't think that people will come away thinking, wow, regional life is so utopian. Yeah, some of these places are challenging to live in. Yeah, definitely. And there's some some works in the show, they really do make that clear. Mm, and that's an important point to make, easy. Yeah, totally. In fact, I remember one of the artists I was speaking with said to me that it was the hardest residency that they had ever undertaken. Wow. And was that because of the isolation, the strangeness, the feeling of being alone? Yeah, yeah, all of that. Um, yeah, and this just this sense of feeling very different to the people in the community even though you know they were able to forge these really meaningful relationships there is a separation there um but i think also in terms of everything we talked about like you know it's hard work socially engaged art um, connecting with people it takes a lot of energy you know you have to work really hard at it so that can be challenging um and then also having this experience and then being asked to create a work that kind of wraps everything neatly up is also pretty much an impossible challenge and let me ask you one more question about the artist. Do you think this experience may have changed their perspective on their art forever? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll definitely see their experiences continuing to come out in the works they make in the future beyond this project. Maybe you presented a life-changing experience to some of these people. Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. And, you know, I also hope that it's it's led to them having friendships and creating these relationships that will be ongoing into the future. Just one other thing regarding you being in... Perth, we talked about the isolation. Do you feel you have to deliver something beyond greater expectation because you are in Perth, because you're not on the East Coast, because you are so far from everybody else? Honestly, no, I don't really feel like that. I feel like the community, the arts community here is really supportive of the work that people are doing. And I'm just really excited to show it to those people who are living in Perth and in WA. Honestly, like I, I'm not really thinking about the East Coast when I'm working on this exhibition. Yeah. I will let everybody know how long the exhibition is running for, but let's just talk about you for a sec. What's next on your agenda? Well, I've been working on setting up the next space project, which is going to be another cycle of residencies with a different theme and a different exhibition partner. So that's been really exciting because, you know, as I said, I came on to Rural Utopias when it was halfway through. So kind of working on a project from the beginning has been really satisfying. So we're applying for funding for that. So I'm really crossing my fingers that that can happen. I'm also planning on having a rest, <laughs> um, just taking some time off and enjoying the summer. Um, and then, you know, returning to my role at PECA. So I manage the residency program there as well. So that's really exciting because I think it'll be a fun challenge to find ways to kind of synthesize what I've learned with this exhibition and this residency project in the work I do in the future. Yeah, well, you've come to the finale of this exhibition, Rural Utopias. I think you've done a marvellous job pulling it together and the method of pulling it together is quite remarkable, Miranda. And I thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Thanks so much, Tim. Curator Miranda Johnson there talking about a very unique exhibition showing at the Art Gallery of Western Australia until the 18th of February 2024. Entry is free and you can find details regarding the exhibition via the description of this episode on our website www.insidethegallery.com.au where you'll also find a link to Spaced as well as a transcript of this conversation thanks to the Australian Arts Channel. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Inside the Gallery. And until the next edition, I'm Tim Stackpole. Bye-bye for now.